we go. All right. I don't know if Karen said Pastor Dave or Pastor Daves. I don't know what you said, but um, obviously this is not what we normally do. Normally it's just one speaker. Um, but we, we saw, I'm trying not to, I keep spinning. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, we saw a pretty unique opportunity to be able to um, pretty much have a discussion. We're talking about uh, the manifestation gifts this morning. Um, we, we're continuing on. We've been talking about gifts uh, past few weeks. Um, and yeah, like w- Dave and mine's background, for the, the, those of you that don't know us really well, it's very different. Um, <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. But we, we really wanted to, to take this opportunity because we felt like uh, it would be beneficial to have, have more of a, a conversation aspect around the manifestation gifts um, because we, we strongly believe that, that uh, these gifts are... Uh, a heritage for this house, and we believe that you know that um, we're we're meant to operate in these gifts, and and as a as a member of the body, you're meant to operate in these gifts. Um, so we we believe that uh, strongly. Uh, but just to give you a background uh, on myself, uh, I grew up in Dothan pretty much my entire life so far, um, and uh, I grew up Southern Baptist. For some of you that may not know a lot about the Southern Baptist. Uh, don't really operate in the in the manifestation gifts. Uh, they're they're what you would call uh, cessationist, if I pronounce that correctly. Yep, but right. pretty much believing that you know um, uh, the gifts that we see outlined in the New Testament, as far as the manifestation gifts, and even some of the uh, ascension gifts, like prophecy or prophet and uh, apostle, were meant only for the New Testament time. And you know, once the scriptures were uh, formed, more or less that. Those gifts were no longer needed because we were united around Scripture, uh, but they still believe in in gifts as far as the fruits of the Spirit, love, peace, joy, uh, praying for one another, uh, charity, uh, Scripture. These are the tools that, that, that we use to uh, advance the kingdom, to minister to one another, to minister to the lost. Uh, so very, very powerful, a very strong heritage. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, the the importance of of the word of God that yeah. that uh, was ingrained into me at a very young age, uh, so I w- I was very much blessed to have have that background to to support who uh, I've grown into. Um, yeah, Dave, how, how, what's your yeah. background? Yes, yeah, so I I didn't grow up in church. <clears throat> we uh, uh, Karen and I got married. Um, 20 years old, moved overseas to England um, and got saved actually in England in a Pentecostal charismatic church. It was a, a Church of God was the denomination that had, was, uh, had planted that work over there. But by the nature of the fact that it was part of a, you know, it was next to the base, there were uh, all kinds of charismatic Pentecostal backgrounds. I mean, we had everything from Assemblies of God, Church of God, Church of God of Prophecy, we also had um, people who were opening kind of the door into spiritual gifts and, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So anybody who was, who was excited about that, I didn't know there was anything different than that. So when we got saved, we basically got saved in the midst of a revival. Um, signs and wonders, the gifts of the Spirit were operating every single, every single week, every single day for that matter. We had literally people coming in and knocking on the door and saying that God told them to come to this place. And if they did, their life would be different. So we had all kinds of crazy things that happened on a regular basis. So for us, that was normal. Um, the challenge with that, at, at some, some point, some churches and some Pentecostal charismatic works would go to the opposite extreme from 
moving from cessationist, where you, you know, the gifts in the, uh, of the Holy Spirit and uh, some, like you said, some of the fivefold gifts are no longer uh, needed today because the church is now mature. Um, anybody who's been in church knows that's not true. <laughs> but, uh, but the challenge was is oftentimes the Pentecostal and Charismatics would move into uh, sensationalists, not cessationalists, but sensationalists, and sometimes get um, immature in the way that the gifts and ministry of the Holy Spirit would operate. Um, and you can see that actually in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians. Um, Paul's writing to a church who, in, in chapter 1, it said that they were not lacking in any spiritual gift. And then later on he said, um, your meetings are doing more harm than good. <laughs> and so it was because they were misusing and abusing the gifts. And so that was kind of my background. I'd seen some sensationalist stuff, but I also had a, a, a passion and a love for the Word of God. And thankfully that was part of my heritage in the church that I got saved into as well. And so we really went after how do we do these things biblically. And so even uh, the last, you know, I've been in ministry for 30 years, 30 plus years. And my heart is always, how do we see God move in power, but, but not see abuse and neglect and some of the issues that come from uh, bad government um, and bad leadership? So that's kind of, that was kind of my journey. And so, um, again, part of our, our passion for DCF is to be strong in the Word of God, of course, and be biblical, but also be open and, and, and ready and eager to walk in everything that God has available for us. And that was, that was really my spiritual heritage. Very cool. Uh, well, this morning, like I said, we're going to be talking about just um, the manifestation gifts. Those of you who don't know, that's, that's tongues, prophecy, healing. There's, there's a list. Um, as, as much as I would love to, we don't have the time <laughs> to go over each, <laughs> yeah. uh, each gift in depth. You could do probably a mini-series on each of the gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's just a, a wealth of information and scripture to... to help show us how to the gifts work and everything. This morning what we want to do is just more or less lay down nine foundational truths around the manifestation gifts as a whole to kind of give us uh, um, an idea of their proper place in the body, how they're used, what they're for, um, and, you know, just the, the potential threats of their misuse and what they can do. Um, sound good? Awesome. <laughs> You don't really have a say. I'm sorry. But, um, but anyway, we're, we're going to jump, jump right in uh, just covering some of these, these basic truths. So, Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to put them up. We're going to put each one of these up on the screen so you'll be able to see them. And then we may or may not mention some scriptures that kind of apply to that. But if you go to the website um, for this message, we always have a PDF of the, uh, what you see on the screen is available as a download. So if you want to go and check into some of the scriptures that, that speak into these truths, you can go do that and do some further study. But what we're going to do is we're going to put one of the truths up there uh, and just kind of talk back and forth a little bit, again, because everybody's on a spiritual continuum, if you will, from you know, where, wherever they are in the, their walk in the Lord, and especially when it comes to the manifestation gifts. If you grew up Pentecostal and charismatic, and that was normal for you, that's awesome. So maybe it's an opportunity to say, hey, are we doing it as biblically as we possibly can? If you have never experienced the gifts before, our passion in our heart is that we would, we would put you in a place where you really begin to research these and go, I, I want to walk in this. I want to I step into some greater power and manifestation. And my wife says it all the time that really these gifts in the ministry of the Holy Spirit is all about revealing God's heart to people. So he wants to reveal himself to you, but he also wants to reveal himself to others through you. And so that's a big passion. So the first truth is that the gifts do not speak to the maturity of the person manifesting them. Um, so just because someone 
is moving in a gift doesn't necessarily mean that they're uh, spiritually mature. So a uh, question for you, Dave, in your experience, have you seen this work in, how have you seen it work in meetings or church services or small groups or that like? Um, well, I have to say probably, um, luckily, uh, here at DCF, I haven't seen uh, personally a gift used immaturely that caused caused harm or anything like that or, or just... Um, um, but I, I would probably say just from my kind of blending my background, I, I know of um, people that don't operate in the gifts whatsoever um, who are some of the most mature people that I know yeah. that have a, a wealth of, of wisdom and knowledge of the word and love for the, for the body, and they, they just they do it well. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, really, they're really hitting the mark. Yeah. Um, but on, in retrospect, I've seen even even in our own body, uh, a child from you know the yeah. kids' church who <clears throat> hears from God, who drew a picture that they they felt that that God uh, showed them or had a word for their mom or dad, and sometimes that's they they're just swinging for the like they're hitting home <laughs> yeah. runs, you yeah. know, and they're and they're kids. Um, but using those two examples, I'm not saying that, that child because of, of their use of the gift is in any way more mature than uh, the person who's not operating in the gifts. Yeah. Um, we see, like you said, we see examples in Scripture, obviously, <clears throat> in, in Corinthians where Paul's uh, addressing the church of Corinth who operated, he says, operated in every gift. Like, you're not lacking in anything when it comes to the gift. Uh, they were lacking in some maturity in several areas. <laughs> Um, you know, he talks about it in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that's the first two verses. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. Uh, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. Yeah. So I think that's just a confirmation that, that uh, spiritual gifts do not equate to our maturity. Um, and uh, I, I think that's where... Uh, one of the, the pitfalls of, of the enemy loves to come in and, and try to uh, trap us is that, you know, mm-hmm. just because, you know, if you're not operating this, you're, you know, yeah. he wants to push you and keep you down uh, if, you're, if you're not operating in these gifts, which, again, nothing to do with, uh, with uh, your maturity in, in Christ and, and who you are in Christ. So. Yeah, that's good. And one of the things I think that um, it's interesting, First Corinthians 12, it talks, <clears throat> lists the gifts and talks a lot about them. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed or ignorant, another version says. And so um, there are, uh, my, my experience as well is there's a lot of people who are mature believers who don't operate in the gifts because they just don't know about them. Um, if, you, if you grew up in a cessationist ministry, um, oftentimes it's not even, the gifts aren't positioned as negative so much as they're just not talked about at all. And so what we see is that, that, you know, God wants to pour his grace out through all these different kind of gifts. We talk about like three different sets of gifts. Uh, the grace gifts were gifts like hospitality and the gift of giving and teaching and leadership and those kind of gifts uh, that are kind of inherent in who you are. And then the fivefold ministry gifts. And, you know, oftentimes there's just the threefold ministry gifts in cessationist church because apostle and prophet, they don't really see a place for it anymore. I feel like that was to establish the early church. And once it was established that we don't need those anymore. Uh, and then also won't, maybe won't work, uh, won't move at all in the manifestation gifts. So all that really means is that God wants to pour his grace out in us and through us. 
Um, and if you operate in the threefold, you know, fivefold ministry, yes, then uh, he'll use you in those areas and he'll use people powerfully. But how much more impact could you have if you were open to the other two? And then God will use you in the, in the grace gifts, but how much more impact potentially could you have? Again, tools at, at, at your disposal to use for the kingdom to benefit yourself, to walk and minister to one another, and also to minister to people who don't know Jesus. So a lot of it just ha- has to be being open to, um, you know, God, what would this look like if I began to walk in a greater place of faith and trust in you and, and power? So. Yeah, I, I just want to comment uh, when you said tools. It, yeah. It, that, and that's the perfect um, analogy for, for the gifts. Um, because whether you you believe in in uh, that the manifestation gifts are for today or not, you're still using tools. Uh, the the fruits of the spirit and prayer are still tools, um, very powerful tools. Uh, you know, when I when I became a homeowner, I actually had to buy my own set of tools. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have any. I just used my dad's tools. Uh, so I mean, when I started out, you know, I had just you know basic stuff: hammer, screwdriver. Uh, tape measure, uh, which were all all well and good. I can pretty much do whatever I want, you know, with those basic tools. Uh, the more I started to do projects and whatnot, the more I realized, okay, some of these, you know, other tools that I can buy from the store are actually pretty handy. You know, I got a, a compressor with a, a, a nail gun, um, which, you know, does the same thing as my hammer and, and nails. But I didn't get rid of my hammer and right. nails because right. obviously there's there's going to be situations where I can't use my compressor. Right. So <laughs> so I just want to point out that that even though uh, the 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 gifts are spiritual gifts are, are good, we don't want to uh, throw away or, or or look down upon anything else because because Paul talks about in scripture, you know, the greatest of the of the the gifts is is love. Actually, he talks yeah. about you know. I can speak in the uh, tongues of angels and, you know, prophesy, but if I don't have love, I am nothing. So uh, I, I just want to reiterate, you know, uh, they're, they're tools for your tool belt to advance yeah. the kingdom. So Yeah. Um, so the second foundational truth was God uses the furnishings of our minds when he speaks to us and through us. Um, and so, Dave, I've heard you talk many times, especially when you're preaching and different things, um, that often God shares... Um, pictures and, and ministry into your heart through, like, movie clips and, and movie themes, um, franchises. What? <laughs> so what does that look like um, in, in your ex- experience? No, yeah. He, he, I mean, he definitely does use those things. And I, I need to invest in the iPad. I like how I'm using paper <laughs> up here and you're over there with a fancy iPad. Um, no, God, <laughs> God definitely does uh, speak to me in probably what most people would think would be unconventional ways. Right. Um, but I think, I think that just goes back to God's design. Um, God designed for each of us as new creations, you know, that wasn't, it wasn't just like we were made on a, a factory line, like That's just right. standard pieces. Uh, each of us were, were made uniquely and we, we operate uniquely. Um, and I think God uses us how he made us to speak to us, um, yeah, like 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 Dave said, I I love movies and and oftentimes I can uh, watch a clip or hear a line and I just hear God wanting to share something with me through those things. So yeah, he 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 definitely uses the like you talk about the furnishings of our mind. And I think um, I mean even on a, a really practical sense, because uh, in, in uh, Acts uh, Acts ten. 
Peter is on the rooftop. He's praying one night. He gets hungry, and, um, yeah. you know, he asks someone to, hey, do you mind, you know, making me something? I don't know if he asked someone, but anyway, he's waiting on food <laughs> nonetheless. Um, and all of a sudden, he has this, this vision. He's in a trance. He sees this sheet come down from heaven, and it has every living creature possible on this sheet. And God's like, go ahead, eat. And, you know, the, the, the background of the, the Jewish culture was they couldn't eat certain animals like pigs and whatnot. They were mm-hmm. deemed unclean. So, he, you know, he says, Lord, I can't do that, you know. And God's response is, don't call uh, something unclean that I've made clean. And that was, that was God pretty much speaking to Peter saying, you know, the Gentiles are, are now welcome to this, this gift of, of grace and salvation that I've yeah. opened up. It's not just for the Jews. So what God did there was he used Peter's you know, natural state. He was hungry, and yeah. he, he used that to speak uh, to Peter. And I think that that's really, uh, that's really important because, again, I need an iPad. I have to slow down and flip a page. <laughs> but uh, I think that's important because, um, you know, in, in, in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 4, it talks about for the weapons of our, our warfare— are not carnal, but mighty in God for uh, pulling down strongholds. And then later on in the verse, it talks about bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That last verse there, bring every thought captive, we oftentimes uh, use that in reference to having a negative thought right. or, or having, uh, you know, just uh, something, something wrong and trying to capture that. No, that's not, that's not God, which is true. But I think we, we forget to realize that that verse is also speaking of, you know, thoughts that, that come across your mind that aren't, aren't just by happenstance. We yeah. may think them as, as mundane or something, but, but looking at that, that reference in Acts, you know, God used the, the mundane as what we would t- uh, think to, to communicate something impactful and powerful. So I think it, 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 it's important that we realize that, that God wants to talk to us in many different ways. And a lot of the times he wants to talk to us exactly the way our minds are wired. So yeah. we should be aware of that and, and not take those things lightly. Now, I'm not saying that <laughs> God is speaking through, through just, you know, right. and, you know, sometimes if, if, you know, uh, my, my car gets a flat tire. God's not necessarily trying to speak to me. It's there's a nail in the road. Yeah. So I'm not trying to, you know, say God is behind every yeah. event yeah. in yeah. your life. No, but I, I do think we need to realize that, that, that he is speaking to us in, in, uh, many ways that we don't realize. And it's important that we keep our, our thoughts captive so we can recognize yeah. when he is speaking. Yeah, and a couple of things to remember, too, is uh, it's helpful is, like Dave was saying, not to over-spiritualize it. Um, and some of that is, you know, people can bring the, draw the focus if they're trying to share something God's doing inside them. If it's a prophecy or if they see a picture or if they, um, you know, they hear a phrase or sometimes it's just a single word. God will operate in that way. And, and the danger is if you're not careful, um, you'll draw attention to yourself. When Jesus ministered, because we often forget that Jesus modeled this for us. He ministered in the spiritual gifts. Uh, we don't see it pictured that way, but when you go back and look at it, he didn't do anything in the earth that, he could, that we, you and I couldn't do outside of saving us. That's, we can't save ourselves. But the ministry that he operated in, he operated in through the power of the Holy Spirit so that he could model that for you and I. He said, greater things will you do than even the things that I've done. So he's talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and it's, uh, it's helpful to remember that he'll use the furnishings of your mind often to help you understand what it is that you're trying to, that he wants to get across either to you when he speaks into your own life and heart, 
but also through others. Um, I had a friend who would, he was a pilot, and God would often use, um, you know, aeronautic terms and, and concepts for him personally. He would understand it that way, but he wouldn't necessarily share it that way because that might be confusing somebody who didn't know that. So part of the whole idea of using the furnishings of your mind is God using something to help you understand what it is that he's trying to bring across. Um, and then you can explain it. And keeping it, we're going to get to this in a minute, but just keeping it simple and concise is helpful. Um, but again, Jesus did it without drawing attention to himself. And so it's helpful, again, when you're sharing something, to not make it about you. So he'll use the furnishings of your mind so it, it'll relate to you, obviously, in a big way. Just don't make it about you. So something to keep in mind. All right, the, uh, the next truth. Uh, the gifts must be eagerly desired. Um, I'm sure most of us in here like desire the gifts. Um, I, I desire to have a, a much better physical fitness level. Um, my diet doesn't always reflect that, or my choices when or when I do or don't go to the gym reflect that. So, so Dave, what what does it look like to you to to eagerly desire the gifts? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because that I, I remember a time when that's what I prayed. I said, God, I, if there's anything that you have um, that is available to me. I want it. I want anything and everything that you can do in me and through me. Um, but it was a little, it was a little fearful because I would see things um, and I would, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. That seems like it takes a lot of boldness. And, and believe it or not, I was a little bit uh, uh, intimidated and shy in that whole process. Um, but I read in Corinthians again a lot. This treatise on uh, on gifts, First Corinthians twelve thirty one. It says, "Eagerly desire um, the greater gifts." Um, 1 Corinthians 14.1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14.39. Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. So there's this interesting concept between, uh, and, and it's interesting, in all three places he didn't say desire spiritual gifts. He said eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And that matters. What my discovery has been in, in people's lives is when they discover the spiritual gifts, if you eagerly desire them, you'll push through fear, you'll push through intimidation, you'll push through ignorance, you'll push through potentially having maybe been hurt in the past or seeing them seeing gifts abused or maybe misused, and you will take steps in, of faith and, and step out in boldness and be willing to risk. And so I think eagerly desiring spiritual gifts is really, in a big way, is just being willing to risk. Um, I'll give you an example. We, I had a friend who prayed for a guy out in California. He felt like God wanted to, to, to heal this guy's leg, so he went up to him because he was limping, and it was you know, during an altar call type moment. And he walked up to him, he said, because he was trying to learn the gifts, and he said, hey, I feel like God wants to heal your leg. And he said, well, that's interesting because it's wooden. <laughs> so, so my friend's like, okay, well, maybe he wants to grow a new one out. I don't know. You know, he's like, he's like I don't know. And maybe that was true. I don't know. But his, his willingness to look a little bit foolish, you know, and take a step of faith. And I think even in communicating it, there has to be a humility. Um, we'll get to this again some of the other ways that we do this, but a, a willingness to, to humble yourself and go, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm actually learning. I'm still learning. And I'm doing that now. Even now, I'm still learning about the gifts and the ministry of the Holy Spirit and how he operates in, in new ways. And I'm, I'm challenging myself in, in, in to really lean more into, like, words of knowledge. That's something I've been praying into to have more accurate words of knowledge where God will drop something into my spirit that is, is potentially helpful for someone, um, but maybe it's something that's powerful enough, you know, it's a secret in their heart, not to expose them, but to show them God's love and his kindness for them. 
um, that would capture their attention. Because when that happens, then all of a sudden people are like, wow, if, if, God, could, if God could do that. You, you often hear it said, um, you know, you read my mail. Or, you know, you were, you, you were watching me when I was in my house. And I'm like, well, we don't do any of that stuff. But God will, will reveal the secrets of, of people's hearts. Not, again, not, it's not about it in a negative way. It's about in a way that he can show them his heart and bring them rescue. So that's probably the easiest way to, to, to see, for me anyway, to see the uh, des- eagerly desiring the gifts. Uh, the, the next one, they are given for the benefit of all. Uh, now, some of, the, some of the gifts certainly seem like they are more... See, see what happens? I see it. You need to um, We'll take up an offering. <laughs> no, uh, some of the gifts can definitely seem more, more personable, but each and every gift is actually for the benefit of the body as a whole. So, Dave, how does, what does that look like, you know, for how, how do those gifts that may seem like, like tongues can be very personable, yeah. how can that benefit the body as a whole? Yeah, that's good. Um, I think one of the big challenges I've seen where things have gone wrong with spiritual gifts is oftentimes it's, it, like we talked about before, it's done in immaturity. Um, not always, you know, it's not always nefarious, not always negative necessarily. Sometimes it's just done out of ignorance. But it, it can still do harm. Um, one example is uh, a guy who was, who was walking in, in the prophetic, and um, he, he gets up in front of he's, he's in a, in a new setting in another church. Um, he's there with his pastor, but he moves in the prophetic gifting. And so he, he felt like he had a word for one of the guys in the, in the service. So he, he calls him out, and he says, I feel like the Lord um, is saying something to you. And so when he goes back and reviews later, because it went bad, um, but when he went back and reviewed later, what he saw was he saw the man standing there with a dark cloud with a money symbol over it, uh, over that dark cloud. And so he made some assumptions about that gift, and part of that was because he wanted to look good in front of his pastor and other people. You know, it was a little bit, again, that, that selfish ambition. And so he shared that, and he said, I, I think you're, you know, there's some things going wrong with your, with your finances that you need, to, you need to fix. And so it came across as he was doing some, he was a businessman, and he was, it came across that he was, you know, doing something wrong with his finances and uh, misusing um, uh, his finances, and it turned out that, that he discovered when he went back and looked at his business finances that his partner was, uh, had been taking money and eventually left and went out of the country with his money. And so the guy came back and pushed back on that prophetic word, and, uh, and he realized that he had overshared. And so part of this given for the benefit of all is Scripture is built, it's given to, to, uh, to uh, encourage, it's, it's given to build up. There's lots of reasons why spiritual gifts will work, but, but if you do them in a way that potentially, like, like we said, is either immature or you're ignorant about how they work, you can get yourself in trouble. So it's interesting, the whole context of like 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, like 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. It's all about love. But it's sandwiched between two incredible, uh, incredibly, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the best word, it's, it's some of the most powerful pictures of, of God moving and manifesting himself in people's lives, and and that love is the you know love is sandwiched between it, and the picture is this is the environment that you do it in. So in other words, it's about unity, it's about lifting people up. So that's part of the I think the big picture is just making sure that when we walk in these gifts, that it's not just about me, and don't make it about you. Make it about if God's saying something through you to somebody else. Make sure that you you make it about other people as well. So. Um, Ignorance and immaturity, this is uh, truth number five. Ignorance and immaturity in uh, their use can do more harm than good. 
So let's start with the difference between ignorance and immaturity. Obviously, they're not the same thing, and so... No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, think, I think if I were to use the, the tool analogy again, um, the table saw, if, if no one knows a table saw, it's pretty much a table that has a saw coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. It's a great name. Um, anyways, it's probably one of the most dangerous tools that you can use, you know. So if you take a person that's never seen a table saw before yeah. and they go up to it and they try to operate it, there's a good chance they could hurt themselves. Um, but, you know, you take someone who's used a table saw before, maybe not, you know, that long or whatever. They use a the table saw. They know what it can do, but they just don't respect the table saw. You know, so they start to cut wood and they're like, oh, a bird, and they lose a finger, <laughs> you know. Uh, so there, you can definitely have uh, injury from ignorance or immaturity, but there is a difference. Um, and I think, uh, like I said, the, the difference is not respecting the tool. It comes down to that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, the, the, the tools are powerful. Yeah. And they, they are, are meant to uh, be that way uh, because they can, they can definitely, uh, you know, for, for example, uh, prophecy or words of knowledge can definitely speak into someone's uh, situation that they're in. Uh, without the person who's giving the the word having yeah. any knowledge whatsoever, um, I, I personally have had that experience myself on the receiving end. Dave Dave uh, Weisiger had a picture that he shared uh, with with my wife and I that that spoke directly into a situation that we were were going through, and he had no idea uh, what was going on. But when he shared that word, it was just. Uh, it made the world a difference to us in in our situation. Didn't change our circumstances, but it, it just reaffirmed that you know uh, we're we're not in this thing alone. You know, and uh, so I mean they can be very powerful, but um, <laughs> words of knowledge. Uh, just to use that as an example, words of knowledge or, or prophecy, if if they're used incorrectly, can cause some serious damage uh, to people. Yeah. Because uh, what that what that saying what what they could be saying is you know this is what we feel like God is saying for your life, yeah. and it isn't, and it yeah. can lead you down a road that you weren't meant to go, or you lead you to making a decision on something you weren't meant to to choose that choice. But um, yeah, de- definitely the um, ignorance and, and immaturity can be very uh, harmful uh, when it comes to the gifts. So that's why why. Uh, Paul, Paul, you know, wrote to the Corinthians, I don't want you to have, I don't want you to be lacking in any understanding with the gifts, yeah. because he recognized that. Yeah, so. yeah. 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen is really interesting. It says, in the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. Now, some of this is in context of, um, of the Lord's Supper and some other things that they were doing in, in immaturity, but a big picture of it was, was also with the gifts. And so they were, they were taking something that was meant for good, and they were, because of their ignorance and immaturity, and they were abusing it, and they were doing, literally, he said, your meetings are more harmful than good. It would be better if you didn't have a church meeting. Can you imagine a leader saying that to a pastor? But that's what Paul was doing. And so it's really interesting. We had a friend, this was in Tyler, Texas, um, a good friend of ours, he was still growing some of these gifts, and so a lady came in the back of the room, and when he saw her, he, he heard the word and saw a picture of the word homosexual in his mind, And right? So he went back and mistakenly assumed that she was dealing with that, and so he said, hey, I want to pray for you. I feel like God's in your struggle 
with this issue, and I would like to pray for you. And she was instantly offended, of course, um, because she was not struggling with that sin at all. And so in, in, in conversation, you know, now he's trying to back up as well. Well, I, you know, I saw this word, and I know it's from the Lord. And, and all of that was true, but it just the circumstances weren't correct. And so he made some assumptions, and it turns out that her son was struggling with that. And so once he figured that out, he had to backpedal a long ways to get back to the place of, you know, God's intention for that was to help her process what her son was going through and struggling with, you know, that particular issue. And so part of the way we, we understand this now is that oftentimes these gifts come, especially the, the revelatory gifts, come with a revelation. So God will give you a picture, as uh, Dave was saying just a second ago. There's too many Daves in this conversation. <laughs> but Weisinger gave Dave a, a word, a picture of something he saw that God used to speak to, to Dave and Callie's situation but did not reveal stuff to Weisinger that he didn't need to know. And so in, his, in, in Dave's wisdom, Weisinger's wisdom, he just shared the revelation. He said, I don't know what this means, uh, and I don't know how to apply it, but I, I feel like this is what the Lord said. And so, so the revelation came. He just used that. Uh, the interpretation, he didn't have that. Oftentimes God will give you that, or sometimes he will, um, but that didn't happen. Um, and then the last one is the application. So sometimes God, if you're, especially if you've been walking these for a while, and, and oftentimes if you're in a leadership role, God will use this where it's revelation, uh, interpretation, and application, and it gives some very clear direction for people to follow after God. But sometimes he only gives the revelation. And quite frankly, sometimes he'll give a revelation that you don't even need to share with someone. He'll just say, hey, I want to drop this in your heart so that you can pray for them, so that you can encourage them, but I don't want you to share it with them. So it's really interesting how that works about, you know, when you, when you grow in, in understanding of this and get mature in this, you stop making it about yourself, and it just becomes really, really helpful in how you minister to, to other people. So uh, in, in kind of along the same line, the sixth truth is clarity and simplicity are the most effective. And so uh, why do you think clarity is so important when it comes to manifestation gifts? Well, I think, you know, even in Scripture, when the, the manifestation gifts first uh, made the scene right. uh, at Pentecost, uh, you know, a lot of the people looking around, seeing what was going on, thought that the disciples were drunk. And, <laughs> and Peter had to come out and clarify, you know, we're not drunk. What you're seeing here is, you know, confirmed back in Joel when he talked about, you know, uh, prophesying and everything. So the clarity comes with the gifts. It's, it's almost uh, a must, especially when you're dealing with uh, a non-believer. Yeah. Uh, because they will be freaked out a little bit. A little bit. Um, honestly, sometimes I get freaked out a little bit, but, you know, <laughs> I, I know it's it's normal. Um, but, no, there, there is a definite order when it comes to the gifts. Even even Paul in Corinthians 14 uh, talks about, uh, you know, now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, or by prophesying, or yeah. by teaching? Everything uh, without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how it will be known what is piped or played. For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So uh, I think that's just confirming that, you know, there has to be an order when, uh, when the gifts are, are used. Uh, a great example is, is tongues. And I know in, yeah. in the Pentecostal uh, arena, um, oftentimes uh, tongues will just be going off all over the room. Yeah. And, and, and it seems, can seem a bit chaotic. Uh, my wife, who, uh, like me, did not grow up you know, with, with a background with the gifts, 
uh, growing up, went to, to church sometimes with friends who were Pentecostals. So she went into uh, some of these, these uh, sermons or, or, you know, that, that um, or services that, you know, the tongues were just going left and right. And it was, it was crazy. There, was, there didn't seem to be any, any order to it, and it was very confusing to her. Now, fast forward to when we were dating, and one of her first um, times here at DCF, uh, like the second or third time, Karen starts giving a, a tongue in the middle of service, and I'm sitting here, I'm just thinking, I'm looking over at Callie, wondering what she's, how she's going to react. Uh, but, I mean, I, I honestly, I trusted uh, the leadership. I, I trust uh, Dave and Karen here at DCF, and I knew it was going to be handled well. And lo and behold, it was. Uh, Karen gave the, uh, the tongue, uh, and there was an explanation of, of what had just occurred according to Scripture, and we gave the Scripture. And then there was a time for interpretation. So it was very organized, and that made the, the world a difference yeah. for Callie, that, to, to have an exposure of how the, uh, the gifts are meant to be used and operated in a service. Um, so, yeah, so, so definitely there needs to be uh, some, some clarity when it comes to the gifts. And also, again, like you were talking about earlier, simplicity. Uh, a lot of times the tendency is, especially when you're operating in a gift and you're, you're new to the gift, um, especially when you're getting, like, uh, pictures or prophecies, the tendency is to want to try to elaborate. When yeah. really that, that's until you are well-versed in that, that gift, yeah. until you know uh, the, the heart of the messenger and what he's trying to interpret or what he's trying to give across, I, wouldn't, I would be very cautious about trying to give an interpretation with uh, a, a word or an explanation around a picture. Uh, oftentimes, just like Dave did, you just give the picture and, and it, it, it'll, ha- it'll serve its purpose. You No need to elaborate. If God wanted you to, to elaborate, he would have given you more of a picture. So, um, yeah. So the, uh, the next, next truth we have is they are to be judged by the congregation and leaders. Um, I know, like, starting out, I, not knowing much about gifts, I didn't know how to receive, uh, right. you know, a, a, a word of, of prophecy over, over my life or anything, or if a tongue was interpreted and it was meant for me, whatever that, that may be. I didn't know how to receive that. So, so what does it look like for us to receive gifts like that or words or that, that are personable or either for the body as a whole? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, there's several places the Bible talks about, but uh, again, 1 Corinthians says we know in part and we prophesy in part. So part of understanding the way God works is he loves community. We're talking about community groups starting up soon. He loves to operate in community. So one example is um, the Bible says that tongue, tongues are very interesting because tongues is a, a, you know, it's an archaic word for language, uh, languages. And so a tongue, you know, can be given in, in, a, in, a, five, or sorry, in, a, in a manifestation gift. And the expectation is when that tongue comes out in a manifestation gift, for, in a service, for example, that it's always interpreted. And if it's not, the Bible says to be silent and don't, don't, don't pray in tongues. Don't do that. But there's a very interesting aspect of tongues that when you pray by yourself or if it's just a leader's meeting, because he talked about how, you know, in, in certain services, in Pentecostal services, uh, everybody's speaking in tongues. And that's appropriate as long as the Bible says there's not someone who's unlearned or who doesn't know Christ who comes in, in the room. 
So the moment you're in a meeting where someone else uh, is there who doesn't know the Lord or who, like Dave said, maybe he came from a background where the gifts weren't, uh, weren't obvious and weren't used in their church settings, that you have now responsibility to, to minister to that person. So part of the judging, you know, the, by the congregation and leaders especially, is first of all, is, is how you, they're used in the first place. And part of the, the role of leaderships is to make sure that we create a safe space. And Dave was saying, anytime there's a, a, a manifestation gift, especially tongues that may be un, unclear to other people, we often share um, how the, the first time that happened in, first, uh, sorry, in uh, Acts chapter 2, when everything was happening, they were perplexed, they were confused, they were amazed, and most of those were not good. <laughs> and then Peter stands up and he shares, this is not what you think it is, this is actually this. And so he gives clarity to it, and then he shares from Scripture as a leader, this is what God's doing here. And so part of the, the role that we play as leaders is in a setting where, where the gifts are manifest, especially like in our church, we do that often in, during worship time. Uh, we have a microphone up here at front in the front, and if you feel like there's a manifestation gift that's available to the church, we, we ask you to come and talk to the overseeing elder um, because that, that person, that's a five-fold ministry gift that is designed to, to bring unity and, and to make sure that we administrate the Word of God and the prophetic and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in a helpful and, and, a, and a clarifying way. And so what we used to see in Pentecostal churches is someone had a message in tongues, they would just blurt it out in the middle of a meeting. Well, the problem with that is it surprises people. One, oftentimes it's not an appropriate time for it to happen and people aren't ready for it or lots of different things occur. But what you find often is they're so surprised by it that they can't be ministered to, uh, ministered to uh, or in, into them by it. And that's what we want to try to avoid. So part of judging them is not just, hey, they got it wrong. You know, so sometimes someone wants to prophesy and they'll prophesy something they're feeling from the Lord, but maybe they don't understand grace very well. So it comes out very condemning and judgmental. And so that's a, a process where we say, hey, we want to push back and go back to we have the boundaries of Scripture, the logos, and then and the rhema or the now word that comes out has to be in line with God, what God has already revealed. So it's helpful to judge it by Scripture. And again, mature leaders, not just the leaders of the church, but mature believers will sense and see, okay, that's, that's from the Lord and that's a good and, and, and helpful thing. Yeah, I just want to reiterate real quickly that that the um, the way we 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 frame our services this morning with the overseeing elder, um, the, the the judging of of the gift through the elder is not a, a condemnation for getting right. it wrong. It's a safety net actually for the body as a whole, but also as the person who is is uh, giving the 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 word or whatever, sharing whatever they feel like God is is wanting them to share. Uh, because that that is a that is a, uh, a step of faith on that person, and we yeah. want to honor that, especially and if they're new at it. Exactly, yeah. and, and we we want to uh, encourage uh, the continuation of of going after that that gift. Because just like anything, you don't you don't start off being a professional. Um, <laughs> you know that it takes time, and you're going to mess up, and we recognize that. I've messed up. Dave's we've all oh, yeah. messed up. Um, so we, we, we just want to encourage, uh, you know, don't, don't let the fear uh, of the enemy keep you from sharing something that God is, is wanting to use you uh, to, to get across. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, just because you come up and, and share something with whoever's, you know, uh, leading the service that morning 
doesn't mean you're going to have to step up here with, with a microphone. <laughs> right. I, I want to make that, that clear. We're not yeah. expecting everyone to have something and to share it up here through the mic. Um, yeah, we're, we're more than happy uh, to, to, to share uh, what God is wanting to share on your behalf. We may encourage you or may challenge you. You know, our, we feel like that's a very strong word, and we think that definitely is, you know, what God has us for this morning. Would you be willing to share that? You know, we always want to bring that challenge because, yeah. again, that, that's, that's growth. And, you know, getting up here and sharing it and, and just seeing the result of, of what uh, God was wanting to do that, that morning and you being a part of that is such a, a um, what, what's the word I'm trying to, it, it's beneficial to your, your confidence yeah. in, in, in operating in the gift. So we, we strongly encourage you, don't be afraid to come up and, and, and try to share with, with a leader what, what you feel like God is, is wanting to do in the service. So. Yeah, we'll help, you walk, we'll help walk you through it. Because mm-hmm. um, again, if you, especially if you're new, one of the things you'll notice sometimes if you've been around for a little while, like, for example, if, uh, if I'm overseeing the service and Valerie, for example, comes walking over and she's like, she's sensing something during the worship time uh, for the church, um, she, oftentimes I'll just hand her the mic and go, go ahead. Because, you know, she's, her and, and Dave are elders here at the church, mature believers, walked in the gifts uh, and ministry of the Holy Spirit for a long time. So her level of maturity doesn't, you know, what am I going to say to her? I'm like, Val, that's crazy. Why would you do that? You know, that's the, <laughs> she's, she's going to operate in maturity. She's got a great communication gift. So, of course, I'm just going to go, hey, go for it. Um, but one of the reasons why, another reason why we do that is it, it allows us to, um, you know, like if, if, if someone's leading worship, it allows us to come up and, and soften the music and lower the music. Uh, it allows us to grab everyone's attention so that what God's trying to administrate is actually going to occur and well. And then what we ha- often do after that is part of the role of the, of the leader, um, you know, the overseeing ministry in that church, in that s- service, is to make sure that we administrate that well. So oftentimes there'll be three or four people who'll come up and share something, and what we'll discover is along that there's a theme of what God's trying to say. Maybe he wants to heal marriages, or maybe he wants to deal with fear. Or there's, you know, there's a million things that God could do. Um, uh, recently, I think it was last Sunday or the Sunday before, there was a strong um, theme of making a declaration that would come out of your own lips. In other words, we as leaders would love to do that for you, but there's something that it has to come from you. You have to make that declaration. And several words came, and then Karen administrated that that morning and just said, you, you need to do this. You need to declare that. And so part of that is helping to administrate to you so that you can receive everything that God's trying to do in your midst. That's good. Uh, and that, that kind of ties into our, our next truth. Their timing and style can be controlled. Now, as we talked about, you know, as an as a elder overseeing the service, they, they, they help with that um, because, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that, that word isn't really meant for that moment right then yeah, and there. And, then, and the lead elder will help facilitate that. But, Dave, do you want to elaborate more on that? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because it, it's both timing and style. And I think that really matters, again, depending on how you grew up or how you were exposed to this a lot of times. So the timing, again, oftentimes in in my early experience, if it's in a small group setting or just a few people, and, and, you know, you don't have to go through some of the things that we do on a Sunday morning. It's not necessary because there's only a few people. So, you know, someone who has a a, a prophetic word can just say, hey, I, I feel like the Lord is saying, and then they'll share that word because it's maybe there's five people in the room. But if you, if you have 500 people in a room, 
and you're sharing a word, the first thing you need to do is get everybody on the same page because, again, what we're trying to do is not just worship God. We want to do that, but what we discover is anytime we do that, the Lord wants to minister into our lives and, and, and build us up to encourage us, healing, signs and wonders. You know, the, uh, one of the gifts we don't, won't talk about very often is uh, faith, um, you know, the uh, gift of miracles, uh, the gift of healings, the gifts, plural, of healings, plural. So there are lots of ways that the Lord does that, and then oftentimes he'll work together with, with different gifts, like a word of knowledge will often, you know, I'll, I'll have this word of knowledge, and my knee starts aching, which seems a little silly, but then I'm like, okay, if God, you're, you're wanting to heal people's knees this morning. So I've seen that happen numerous times where someone had a body part that was, you know, they felt it, and it started to tingle or something like that, and it's a word of knowledge that God wants to heal that in the room. So gifts often work together, and if you create the timing for it, um, you create a space where God can actually minister that. It, they're so much more powerful. And then also the style. Like, you'll hear us, when we share uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, uh, often, again, especially the revelatory gifts like prophecy, tongues, and interpretation, that kind of thing, we'll say, I feel like the Lord is saying, or it seems like, or... Um, I, at, you know, I was praying, and I saw a picture of, and I just want to present this to you. And all of that language is a style. It's just saying, hey, um, I want to put this to you so you can judge it, right? I don't just, I'm not just going to make the assumption, because it, the way we learned it in the early days is people would prophesy, and they would say, and the Lord would say to his people, and then, right? And it would just be this booming voice of the Lord is, and it's almost equating that or, or equaling Scripture. It's almost like saying, hey, this authoritative prophetic word is equal to Scripture. And it is not. <laughs> right? It's supporting Scripture, obviously. It's never going to be against it if it's done well, if it's from the Lord. But, but the style of that can cause people, like Dave was saying earlier, it can cause people to, to misunderstand. Or if you say it and you're off, and they, and they trust you as a leader, especially if you're a leader or if you have you know, a, a, a confidence about you. They're going to take it as the gospel, move on it, and then find themselves in trouble. And then they don't come back and go, you did something wrong. They assume that God did something wrong. And so it's really important the style that we share is with humility and, you know, in, in, in giving people an option to say, even though it's powerful and it is from the Lord, to say, hey, I want to present this to you and I want you to, you know, I want you to judge this and go back. One, is it scriptural? Two, does that fit you? And then, you know, and I don't have to, I don't need an explanation if I'm sharing that gift. I just want to make sure that it's, it's ministering uh, to you. And so the style is really, really important. One of the things that we also do is oftentimes, um, yesterday we had uh, uh, Jim Claire's uh, baby shower. It was not their baby, baby showers. <laughs> it was Jim Claire because it was all about the prophetic words that came out after were all about this baby and what God was going to do in this baby. And so we presented that to Dave and Callie and said, hey, We've been praying, and it seems like God is saying this about your baby, right? And he even had a word, I feel like God is saying this about my child. And so he create, what we're doing is we're creating room for him to take that, and then we record those, and then we, we send that to him because now he has the ability to go back and, and use that, like Timothy says, to, to wage warfare against the enemy and for what God's trying to bring out in that baby's life or in your personal life. So it's a big part of the timing and style. can be controlled. The Bible says that the spirit is subject to the prophet. Some people don't know that, and so they, they say things like, well, I couldn't help it. The Holy Spirit did it. It's like, no, no. <laughs> the, the Holy Spirit, is he wants it done decently in order so you can control it. All right, the last one, they should be used with regard to the lost. Um, we all have 
unique families. I'm sure everyone would agree. <laughs> Some are a bit weirder than others. <laughs> um, whenever you have a guest coming to your home, you probably act a little differently than you do as opposed to if, you know, it was just the family. You know, Uncle Uncle Joe can holler and hoop all he wants, you know, but it, once the once a guest comes in the house, he's a little bit more quiet. And I think it's the same with uh, with the body, especially with, with the use of the gifts. So how, Dave, what does it, what does it look like? What do we see in Scripture uh, that talks about, you know, yeah. the gifts and how we should approach them when it comes to... Yeah, it actually gets really, really specific. First Corinthians 14, 23, it says, So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues, and some who do not understand or some unbelievers... So again, two categories... Maybe they're Christians, but they've never been exposed to this. Or they're just unbelievers. They've never believed in Christ. If they come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? Isn't that interesting phrasing? And then verse 24, he says, But if an unbeliever, someone who does not understand, comes in while everybody is prophesying, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all, and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he'll fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. So what, what happens is if you do this well to someone who doesn't know the Lord, who has never been exposed to the gifts, there's an awe and a, and, and an, uh, a worship and, you know, this beautiful experience of they encountering a supernatural God. And if God could break through that way, what else could he do in your life? And so I think it's really helpful to recognize that, that we want, as church leaders, we want to labor to create a safe place for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to, to work. And let me just kind of interject this. Um, we're not always going to get that right. We're going to have people who, who step out, of, you know, they get it out of order, or they get it out of line, or they misunderstand, or someone who comes in from a different style of ministry, you know, shares a, a prophetic word at the, at the wrong time. It doesn't mean that the word is necessarily wrong. It just means that maybe they're not used to the style or the methodologies that we use. So part of this is just being, is being considerate of other people. And so, you know, again, when we share prophetically, even though the Bible says that everybody's prophesying, the secrets of their heart will be laid bare. We always take that as a negative, or at least, you know, most people I've ever talked to about this scripture have. But it doesn't mean that. Um, One example is recently up in uh, Northlands, a friend of mine at Northlands in Atlanta, uh, he was sharing with a a guy and their brand new couple in their church um, the guy was in, they were in the service and there was a prophetic word over this couple. Uh, they went up for ministry and they prayed over him. And the guy got mad at his wife immediately because he had assumed, because the word was so accurate, he assumed that his wife had, had secret meetings with the leadership of the church to talk about where he is, where he was in his walk with the Lord. And it wasn't anything discouraging. It was just so incredibly accurate that he, he literally thought the only way that's possible is my wife actually had a conversation with him. But when he discovered that she had not, his faith rose instantly, and he said, wow, if God could reveal that, what was in my own heart, and nobody told them, what else is God capable, and what else could he do in my life? So I think it's really important um, that, that we, we remember and, and are super considerate about who is in the room or who is in the meeting or you know, just being aware of our, our surroundings when we do that. And then, and then lastly, the, another thing we forget is um, these gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit can be used to reach people who don't know Jesus especially. We forget that. We assume that the gifts of the Spirit are only for a, a church meeting. And that is not at all um, the way God designed it to work. As an example, 
Um, Karen and I do this a lot. Um, we'll we'll be in uh, uh, go to a restaurant after a service, or you know, go out to dinner or something, and uh, we'll pray as we're as we kind of come into the room. We'll say, God, is there something you want to say to this waitress or this waiter through us? Um, if if that's the case, if you'll reveal that to us, we'll share it with them. So obviously, we don't know if this person knows Jesus. We don't know if they have have ever experienced the gifts of the Spirit. So we're really really careful how we share that, right? So it's not, we don't try to make it sensational. We don't try to make it about us. You know, look, look at me, I'm a prophet. You know, it's like we don't do that because what we're doing is we're recognizing that God wants to minister to somebody. So let me give you an example. Um, we were at a, a, a restaurant in Montgomery and there was a, a lady who was waiting on our table. We were there with uh, another couple. And as, as she came up, as soon as she walked up, I, I felt like the Lord um, instantly talked to me about her. And this is what I felt he said, that she had huge heart for women who, are, um, who were pregnant without being married, especially young women. And so I'm like, that's, that's pretty specific. When you, you know, when you see somebody, like, all that pops into your head, right? So, like, I didn't make that up. And if I did make it up, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to share that, right? But I knew it was from the Lord. And so what I did is I said, hey, and this is how I didn't say, hey, the Lord dropped this, you know, beautiful word into my heart. What I said was, as, you know, I was praying just a second for you. I was praying just a minute ago for you, and I felt like, right? And when I said this, I said, I said, I feel like that you have such a heart for young women who are pregnant but aren't married. Is that true? Right? And she starts crying, and she said, yeah. She said, I'm actually one of the managers here, and we have that line that we're not supposed to cross where you're not supposed to get involved in, you know, uh, personal lives. She goes, but my heart goes out for them, and I don't know what to do about that. And so I just encouraged her, and I said, you know, I think God wouldn't reveal that unless he wanted to encourage you to, to do that. And I don't know what that looks like for how you'll do that as a manager, but I know God loves that about you, and he, and he wants you to keep doing it. And so it was an opportunity. I, I, she didn't give her life to Jesus. Um, you know, I, I don't know it, what her relationship with the Lord was. I just know that she walked away from there knowing that what God had put in, inside of her heart had come from him, and it was okay to pursue that. And so we can use this to see people come to know Jesus. We can use this to encourage and just love people well, even if they don't know Jesus. So I think it's really helpful. There you go. I think that's it. Am I closing out? I think you are. (laughs) All right. Well, um, yeah, this, hopefully this has been helpful just to get parameters of, of what the gifts are meant to look like amongst the body. Because like I said earlier, we believe in the season that we're, we're getting into, uh, there's a heritage that we're meant to walk into, uh, especially with these gifts. Uh, they are, there's a reason that, that Paul uh, talks about de- eagerly desiring these gifts. Um, and the emphasis on that sentence is the eagerly part. Um, like we've, we've already talked, you know, uh, it, it's good to want them and, and to desire them, but it, it takes that step of, of actually stepping out and, and making an, uh, an effort to, to, you know, attempt these gifts. Um, so if, if gifts are new to you, um, we're, we're going to have our, our leadership up front here just in a moment after, after we pray. And uh, we're, we're happy to, to ask, answer any questions you have um, to pray for you. If, if you're wanting to, to uh, step into some of these things or you've never experienced uh, the gifts in a way and just the, the way the Holy Spirit can, can operate, we would love to pray over you. 
Um, Let me interject something yeah. there, Dave. Because one of the things you see in Scripture is that often gifts were imparted to people when leaders would pray for them and lay their hands on them. And so we want to do that this morning. If, you, if you're like, if you've never walked in gifts and you're like, you know, I would love to do that, we would love to pray for you and ask God to put those gifts, you know, in your heart. Obviously, you have to be eagerly desiring them. But oftentimes when we've done that, we've seen people operate in gifts where they've never done that before. Another thing is if you have been operating in gifts and there's another gift. Um, the Bible talks about, you know, the fivefold ministry gift. If you desire to be an elder, that's a noble thing and it's a good thing to desire that. So that's another kind of gift that God wants to present if you eagerly desire it. And then also grace gifts. You know, maybe you're, you love the gift of leadership and you've never walked in that gift before. God wants to impart those gifts, and he'll often do that through prayer and through the laying on of hands, the Bible says. And so we would love to do that this morning if, you're, if you would like to do that. And again, we're not going to shake you or do crazy things. We promise not to, to freak you out too much. But we do want to pray over you, and oftentimes that's accompanied by words from the Lord about you know, your life and that kind of thing, so it's helpful. And you don't get to leave until you prophesy. So you, <laughs> right. Forget yeah. lunch. Yeah, you're yeah, you don't get to have lunch, lunch until you prophesy. Yeah. No. No, I promise we're, we're not going to be weird like that. Um, so I'll pray, and uh, yeah. afterwards, if anyone likes some prayer, we'll be up front. Uh, dear God, just thank you for your, your grace, your love, the gifts that you give us uh, for, for our benefit, but the benefit of, of the body, for the benefit of the non-believer, God. Uh, I just ask that you will just uh, create uh, this, this, this passion, this fire, this desire to, to eagerly go after the things that, that you call good. And uh, we will just uh, begin to just, just operate uh, in these gifts and, and that uh, the things that, that we saw in the New Testament that are, that are just miraculous, that they will become uh, the normal in our lives, God, that, that, that we will see people healed, that we will see uh, lives change, marriages, uh, uh, you know, just... just uh, you know, just blessed and and children blessed and uh, God, we just we say yes and amen to all those good things, God. So this morning, Holy Spirit, we just we just ask that you come into our hearts and just just you know fan that fire for these gifts, God, and that we will see uh, the miraculous come into this body and in our lives. In your name, I pray. Amen.